Coming to you live from a dimension where McDonald's doesn't underestimate the hype behind the Szechuan sauce and produces more than a total of 500 packets for the thousands of people across the U.S. dying to try it. Meanwhile, this is Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. The, the magic's gone, Brandon. Like, for the, for the video <laughs> listeners, they're like, what? How, why is Brandon such a, such a good uh, ventriloquist? ventriloquist <laughs> i need to you know, what, you know what i need to do is i need to edit i need to edit that that track a little bit and make sure i do i i thought this this app would do the, the fade out a little bit better um but and it does do fade out but it doesn't do the fade out like i would normally do the fade out and that's a different and that's why machines will never be able to replace me <laughs> machines will never take over completely we'll <laughs> always have a role brandon uh welcome everybody to interdimensional rss the unofficial rick and morty podcast so happy that you decided to join us Happy. even after the season's over. Both of you that are now listening, we're, <laughs> we're so, so pleased that you've continued to download this podcast. That's absolutely right. Every single two of you, you, you make, you make the, us keep going a thing that we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are listening to this, the, the moment we have posted it up on the RSS feed, we apologize that the episode is somewhat delayed, but we spent last night trying to do a live stream. Uh, I mean, we have we I, we accomplished that. We did do a live stream. It's true. Uh, I haphazardly built a knockoff Lego set, the McFarland Toys uh, Rick and Morty Garage. If you want to go over to the Apathetic Enthusiasm YouTube channel and watch me sort of th- <laughs> stream of conscious through uh, through that, then then by all means go and check that out. Uh, you know, and then Brandon I mean, joins I mean, me towards the end. Uh, I mean that's he, that's that's he, semi-pertinent news, and we should we should talk about that in, in semi-pertinent news. We should talk about that more in semi-pertinent news, Travis. All right, all right. So so before we get to that, let's make sure that we list off all of the, the social media ways that you can get in touch with the show. Of course, as always, we have our Twitter account at Rick and Morty Pod. Head over to our subreddit, Rick and Morty Podcast.reddit.com. You can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rick and Morty Podcast. Send us those emails at Rick and Morty Podcast at gmail.com. You can buy T-shirts like the one I wore to McDonald's this weekend yes. uh, over on our T Public site by going to apatheticenthusiasm.com slash shop. And as some of you have decided to do, and we are oh so grateful, head over to patreon.com slash rickandmortypod if you want to support the show in a more financial sort of way. <laughs> yeah. give, us, give us the monies. Why? That sounded so, so sneaky. Like you're a I don't know. There's all kinds of ways you could support you're the show. You're a sneaky I, weasel. I saw I saw a post, I think it was on Facebook today, of ways that you can support uh creators that you love mm. without having to actually pay money. A couple of those things were like uh retweeting and sharing their content, which many of you have been doing and we we're super grateful for that. Sure. And then the other one is just sure. adding comments and things like that. So by, yeah. by the way, I said sure and that sounded so dismissive. <laughs> and I just wanna <laughs> I just wanna say it's not dismissive. I didn't mean it to come off that way and and, and please please don't be mad at me. Like I appreciate I appreciate each and every one of your likes and retweets. Yes. When I say sure it's it's like sure. it's, it, it's sure a term, you do, Brandon. It's a term of sure. endearment. <laughs> Term of endearment with Jack Nicholson. That's yeah, sure it is. All right, Brandon. <laughs> well, uh, without any further delay, we have a whole lot of stuff to talk about, even without a new episode. A slew. So let's get right into that semi-pertinent news. Slooby doop, slooby doop, slooby dooby doo. A semi-pert, 
Turn the news. It's Louie doing the news. Yeah, semi semi perts the <laughs> the most pertinent of semi pertinent news. Oh, you know, before we get into semi pertinent news, uh, well, actually, no, we already did it. You did the song. <laughs> we're we're here now. <laughs> we can't go back. <laughs> semi pertinent news. Um, I want to I want to say that you know we we did the we'll start this kind of kind of it's kind of semi pertinent in the sense that you did a live stream last night. Uh, and and I want I want to throw a shout out to those folks who were watching that because they got they got a first taste and they got to vote on which intro we used we used today. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Which was they voted for the McDonald's intro. But I, but I want to you know they got to vote and they got to decide. But I want I want you all to hear. I want Unity. I want the rest of you to hear the the second intro I did. And since I have it on this weird little soundboard now, I can I can do that. So. So this this is the second intro, Travis, and you can talk through it, and that's a okay. great thing about soundboards. Provide commentary. Yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I like to, I like to give about eighteen to twenty seconds. In <laughs> oh, here, here it goes. Coming to you live from a dimension where season three isn't over yet. We're just getting ready to talk about one of three more episodes leading into the season finale. It's a good time to be alive and a great time to be here on Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. And that, and and you can tell that my my heart wasn't in that. It one. wasn't I, there. I didn't have. As you much, didn't sell it, Brandon. You <laughs> didn't sell it. To I me. didn't have passion, and that's and that's what <laughs> and that's what I put into my third one, which is. <laughs> hey everybody! This is Rick and Morty podcast. Check it out every day on Stitcher. Live on that radio dial. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna do yep. soundboard anymore. We had this conversation about how like I wanted you to limit your soundboard usage. <laughs> and you've you've fired it off like three <laughs> times already, and we're not even through semi pertinent yeah, news. Yeah, I'm really started semi pertinent news. Uh, <laughs> if, if at any point the, the biggest thing I want for you is if you ever completely run out of ideas for improvised songs. To just have like some of those at the ready, so you can just be like, <laughs> huh, huh, and then you hit like the emergency like music button, yeah, and then you'll and then you'll have intro music, uh, you know, just in case, just in case the worst should happen. Yeah, I got, I got you. And we're going on a break. <laughs> All right, back in two and two with <laughs> got the interdimensional RSF. Got uh, <laughs> hey, that, was a, that, was a, that was a good fade out. Good, yeah, good you know, job. We should, maybe we could become professional DJs at some point. Uh, anyway, <laughs> semi pertinent news, guys. This. I mean, realistically, we've been already wasting like seven minutes, but there is a lot of Rick and Morty news going on right now. Uh, first and foremost, there was a rumor that there may be a secret episode coming. There was uh, a couple of theories that season three actually wasn't over. Uh, some fans were checking Adult Swim on Sunday night to see if episode 11 would air. Uh, others are considering the possibility that thanks to the outro from Mr. Poopy Butthole at the end of the season finale that maybe a Christmas episode could be coming up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brandon, what are what are your thoughts, your feelings on on the 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 last threads of season three? A couple of folks had said, "Oh, what if what if there was an episode last night?" And and to that to first point, I would be so I'd be so upset that I'd be like, "Man, they tr- they trolled me." And why did they do that? They they ruined they ruined Adult Swim's uh, uh, ratings for for that night uh, by by doing that. And then a second one, which is like a Christmas episode, that'd be it, I mean that'd be cool. Maybe it's like a a return to you know see how Jurassic uh, uh, Anatomy Park is doing. Yeah, yeah, we could have a 
real wholesome family <laughs> family Christmas. Uh, drum, 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 Christmas drum. <laughs> oh, that's a song I need to put on there. It's, it's a human holiday. <laughs> that's that's what we want to have. Yeah. Um, so a human holiday special. I mean, it could happen. Uh, we we talked. We actually didn't talk about it on the podcast, but last week, uh, after right after we got done recording, Brandon's uh, like fumbling through and not listening to me as he was web surfing was him trying to get that quote from Dan Harmon where he said that the season finale that we got wasn't originally intended to be a finale. They were trying to do like 14 episodes, but they weren't able to get them done in time. They finalified they finali- it. They finalified it, which, you know, that I th- a lot of people have talked about how the, the finale didn't feel as strong as some of the other season finales or even some of the other episodes in season three. Uh, we totally agree with that, and it makes a lot more sense now. So, yeah, the idea that, okay, they already had some stories maybe that they were working on, and maybe, maybe those will come up before season four starts. I mean, I'm not, I'm not at this point with the way season three started and the, and the surprise on April Fool's, I'm, I'm not ruling anything out, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that season three's pretty much done. If we do get a special around Christmas time, yeah, I guess you could attribute that to season three, but I would almost be more likely to, to say that that's like its own standalone special and not necessarily tied to a season. Yeah. You're um, not ruling anything out, but you're not ruling anything in. And I think that's the yeah. distinction, Travis. I think I'm in and I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm out. You're that I'm movie out. with Kevin Klein. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Certified fresh. Sir. Um, uh, I uh, we have this we have this in a s- specific order, but I just want to I, I want to throw this out there. Uh, apathetic enthusiasm, just a shout out real quick. Apathetic enthusiasm. If you haven't if you haven't checked that show out, that's me and Travis doing the tangents that we do, but a whole show of it. The whole show is tangents, and this next episode that will be out next week, uh, we're going to be talking about Blade Runner twenty forty nine because mm. we both went and saw that movie. Yeah, which was freaking awesome. Ted out. What? And then, and then something that I think is near and dear to both you and myself. I know it was uh, very important in my formative years, but the death of AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, oh, no. I definitely think that will that will be a topic for a discussion over on Apathetic Enthusiasm. Always, and a whole lot more. Always so. remember, never forget. Yes, never, never forget. Okay, Brandon. Okay. The news that is sweeping the internets: the the return of the Szechuan sauce, <laughs> Saucegate. Szechuan Gate 2017. Uh, oh boy. Oh, oh um, boy. I want I want to start first with the sauce event, and then I want to talk a little bit about uh, the backlash from it. Uh, if if you guys uh, have been to apatheticenthusiasm dot com, then maybe you have seen our the blog post that I threw together. I I did get a chance to go to a McDonald's on Saturday. Brandon made it. Uh, very clear to me that I didn't have a choice. <laughs> uh, there were there were no sauce packets available in Hawaii, and wouldn't you know it, twenty minutes away in Omaha, Nebraska, mm-hmm. uh, they had they did have a McDonald's store that had received eighteen, according to management, packets of Szechuan sauce. I showed up at what I thought was early at eleven thirty a.m. and was already the thirty eighth person uh, to receive a ticket. And when I say a ticket, it was an index card with Sharpie written on it. What well, now, now, uh, now that now that index card was it was it cut in half? Like they No, no, full index card. Oh wow. Yeah. You know, real s- deal. Spare no expense. Absolutely. <laughs> and I thought about it when I when I received it. I was like, I have time between now and two o'clock 
to walk to a nearby, you know, office supply store, buy myself a packet of generic index cards and a Sharpie. (laughs) And I could have the first five sauce packets if I wanted to really, really get into this. You really, Uh, you really could. Who's to say? Who's to say? I think Um, think that's what some people did at like Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. I think people like did, maybe not Sharpie, but like to get in, to cut into lines. One of my buddies was down there and he said that that happened. Just, just those counterfeit uh, credentials. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I knew very early on that I was not uh, going to get a sauce packet for myself, which meant I was not going to have a sauce for you either, Brandon. And I felt, felt like I let you down. I let my family down. I and let you, the podcast down. And you did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So but fe- I did. I did is, decide- it's a feeling is confirmed. It's accurate. It's it's absolutely correct. You are you're awful. I told you to show up two weeks early. You did, even though it wasn't announced two weeks early. You told me. Time travel. Uh, but yeah, so I stuck around a little bit, and we found some of the folks who did get those early numbers, and I asked them a few questions. I asked them about what they were going to do with the sauce. Um, and I think, I think we have some of that. Do you have some of that audio I, available? I, I do. Brandon? It's it's a sound, it's a soundboard. Of course I do. All right. I, I spent a whopping five minutes trying to get all the stuff on the soundboard. Uh, who, so who, let's, let's start with, uh, let's start with Tom, I think, uh, number two. Yeah. The number two, uh, guy in line. All right, here we go. All right. So I'm here with Tom. He is number two for the Szechuan sauce giveaway. Tom, what is your plan for what you're going to do with the sauce? I first, I'm going to take pictures of it, you know, post it on social media, and then I'm going to save it for my friend, and then we're going to just try it together. All right. Uh, ha- have you been a fan of the show for a long time? I have been. I've been watching since season one. Awesome, awesome. And what, what was your favorite part of season three? Uh, season three, I'd say the Evil Morty episode. It was a big plot twist, you know, so. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Cool. Ed- editor, yeah, so- editor's note, you know, you just uh, fantastic man on the man on the scene interviewer man on the street <laughs> well uh, thank you i i just whipped out my my iphone because i i brought zero recording equipment with me and uh and so kudos to the good folks at Coop and cupertino <laughs> for, for producing that quality hardware recording device not sponsors not a sponsor <laughs> absolutely not a sponsor uh yeah so so tom was pretty cool and i'll talk a little bit more about tom uh moving forward he actually got there I want to say it was like at two in the morning and the store, like the staff didn't show up till 4am. They actually had to ask him to leave the parking lot because they weren't allowed to have anyone on the premises until five when they actually opened their doors. Yeah. And so then he was there at five uh, and there was another kid there. He let that kid go ahead of him so that the kid could get number one. And then he took the number two spot. So, uh, really just a, a friendly guy and, and, Small, small town, oh. small town heroes. Yes, exactly. That's right. Uh, there were also some other folks that had a, a lot of sauce are uh, coming their way. Some, some folks decided to team up and, and get in there. Oh, my phone is messing up now. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they wanted to, uh, this was You're talking about Justin, uh, Justin who brought his girlfriend with him. So he was not only number 16, but also number 17. Uh, uh, in line for the Szechuan sauce. All right, so Justin, you're number 16 for the Szechuan sauce? Correct, yes. And and what time did you show up to get that number? Oh, we got here around like 9 at 9 a.m., so we came a little bit later, but we were lucky enough to get the 16 and 17, which is 
there was only 18 packets, so it's pretty close to the end. That's 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 cutting it pretty close, but but good on you. Uh, what what do you plan to do with the sauce? Are you gonna are you gonna eat it? Or are you gonna save it? What, what's your what's your plan? So with one of them, we're gonna both try it because me and me and my girlfriend have never tried it before. So we're gonna try one of them, and the other one I'm gonna try to sell it. So we'll see how that works right. out. I'll I'll be outside afterwards. You just <laughs> let me know how much you want to sell it for. But uh, well, congratulations on the sauce. I, I cut I cut that off early, Travis, because I, I feel like we know the conclusion of that. And that you didn't actually buy it from him. I didn't. No, I totally did not. You're, you're like one of those people uh, th- who go on like the Facebook like community swap meet pages, and you're like, yeah, I'll uh, yeah, let me, I'll, I'll get that collection of of socks that you're selling, and then you- yeah, just let me let me know where I gotta meet you, and then they never show up. <laughs> yeah, you and you're just sitting there alone in a Walmart parking lot for like two hours. Yeah. Like, oh, piece, I don't, should I leave? Like, maybe they're starting late. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Yeah, no, uh, but yeah, no, Justin was cool. He's also a fan of the same basketball team that I am. So I talked to Justin for a little while after that interview. Thunder up, Kobe uh, style. Ah, uh, uh, OKC, it's our year. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so there were there were a lot of cool people. Uh, a lot of people reported online that the, the lines were uh, kind of out of hand, that people were getting frustrated and things like that. That really was not the case uh, at the Omaha store where I was. Um, so I don't know. It's overall, even people that weren't getting the sauce that got there late and knew that they weren't going to be able to get any, they were still just kind of excited to be there and see everything happen. And so I did wait in line. Uh, I did cash in my number 38 and I got a Szechuan sticker, yeah. which will live on longer than any Szechuan sauce. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. I want to talk about Tom because uh, after when he said that he was going to take pictures of it and then share it with his friends, he actually did that in the restaurant and he had bought like a 20 piece of nuggets and, and he was dipping them. And, uh, one of those nuggets he actually dipped and then walked over to my table and handed it to me. So I actually got a chance to taste the sauce, even though I did not get out of bed early enough to get down there and get a number for myself. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's, it's a sauce. It's very, it's very soy sauce tasting. Um, yeah. I'm 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 gonna be honest. It, it's if it, if it was a regular menu item, it probably wouldn't have been been my choice uh, for for dipping my nugs. There, there you well, there you go. <laughs> right from right from the horse's mouth to your plate Man. to your ear plate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so Brandon, what what were your thoughts? Because uh, you kind of watched it from behind the internet. Uh, what were, what was your take on just sort of how McDonald's dealt with this promotion and the fact that they did run? such a limited uh, release for, for the Szechuan sauce. Man, uh, you know, okay. They, things don't come out to Hawaii, and I'm fine with that. I, I mean, I'm not really fine with that. But I'm also, you know, you, you just get used to it. You, you were here. You know. You know how it is. I know how it is. I'm scratching my neck because I've got a mosquito bite there. But, you know, we have mosquitoes in Hawaii. <laughs> that, that is one thing we do get. But, so I wasn't, I wasn't too torn up that it wasn't coming out to Hawaii. Um, because I was like, oh, well, Travis is going to be in Omaha and there's, they're there. He's going to be able to get sauce for me. And then we could try it for the show. And then everyone would be like, oh my God, their, their show is the best. Uh, we should keep <laughs> listening, but now they're not going to, cause that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, but so I, I was, I was, I was fine with it. Um, and then I was playing divinity original sin too with, with John and you, you hit me up like, yeah, no, they, they only had 20 or they only have 18 now. Cause you told me they had 20 before. 
Um, yeah, know. I heard a couple of, of different numbers there. Yeah. And I'm almost positive a <laughs> McDonald's employee walked away with two packets of sauce. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and you call like, well, what do I do now? Should I, and, and we both decided like, ah, well, you're there. Try to get a story out of it as far as interviews go. And, and you wrote a blog on it. Um, and and the, you know, the thing is with, I, I thought at the time, like, oh, okay, they only gave out 20 packets to Omaha. That's the, the Omaha one. Like, they're like, we don't care about Nebraska. Well, they have their corn. You can't make sauce out of yeah. corn. <laughs> um, but then as it kept going and then I started hearing more and more about it on, on Twitter, people getting pissed off on Twitter. Um, like, oh, no, all all the stores were getting that view. And and I was still kind of leaning on the well, it's I mean, it was it was a limited thing. We knew it was going to be a limited thing. But then we found out that like some stores that were advertised originally didn't get a shipment at all. And, and they were, you know, there were stores that were on the website. They were announced as going to be able to having those. And then they didn't get a shipment on there. Uh, and, and so my, my irritation with it started growing and it's a thing where, you know, they, Rick and Morty, they pulled obviously from the show for the Szechuan sauce and they, they made it like a cultural thing. Um, and so it gave McDonald's free publicity and then I was still, sure. then I was still okay with McDonald's then using the popularity of Rick and Morty to be like, hey, see, we're part of this cool, we're part of these cool kids. I was still fine with that, even though there's you know licensing issues, uh, because it seemed like a non-contractual synergy there between sure, between absolutely. adult between Adult Swim and McDonald's. But then, Mc- especially with the creator saying we had nothing to do <laughs> with the promotion for the song. Right. Well, you know, him, him and Harmon come out and and they're they, like. Yeah, hey, good job, good job, McDonald's. And then McDonald's completely, completely fucks it up. And they, like, I, I get that some fans out there, like, they were doing the wrong thing, treating McDonald's employees like shit, and and, and drawing more attention to negative parts of the fan base. You know, that that's annoying. But I think more so is that McDonald's, they had a prime opportunity, and this is just coming from a business standpoint. They had a prime opportunity to make everyone happy, and Absolutely. and when they apologized, they first came out and said, "Uh, sorry, there was only, we can only make so much sauce," and it was no, it was such a like a I'm, tone I'm deaf. Sick, I'm apology. sick of that excuse because McDonald's is like the biggest fast food chain in the world, and if they want to make a sauce, they make it. They and they make a ton of it. Yeah. You know, the only reason the McRib is seasonal is because uh, no one would buy it if it was on the menu all the time. Right. They have to make it special uh, so that people are like, oh, yeah, they have, they have to have that time to forget how bad it is. It's like, it's like before Cadbury. Before they go back and get the McRib again. It's like Cadbury cream eggs and eggnog. Like, uh, and, and I, I want to I touch on what you said about them having the opportunity to make everybody happy, right? And 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 I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hold that thought for a second because there were a lot of people who are fans of Rick and Morty who were talking crap about Rick and Morty fans that went out and were upset about the sauce. I honestly I could live live without the sauce. I I, I did if if it wasn't coming to Nebraska, I I probably would have been fine with that, but the fact that it was so close, I felt like obligated. I had to go and check this thing out, but like there are fans of the show who are excited about the sauce and I don't want to crap on any fandom mm-hmm. for being excited about something. Yeah. So yeah, it's something trivial and it's small, like a cup of 
you know, sugary Szechuan soy sauce stuff. But f- if fans are into that, good for them for going that, and lining up. That that point that point exactly right because the the tra- the new trailer for the uh, Last Jedi came out yesterday, right? And it was and it's so good and it it made so much excitement. And people are going to go to showings dressed up like Darth and like Ray and uh, Darth Maul, and they're going to do all this stuff, right? Because they're excited and it's part of their their fandom. And and yes, some people are like, "Oh, what nerds! Oh, dressed up." But I mean, they're they're excited and they're it's it's part of who they are and it's part of you know us as a whole. And and again, a communal experience, like absolutely, you absolutely. going to McDonald's and meeting so many cool Rick and Morty folks who aren't in the news as as toxic or pieces of shit right you know like that and 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 so that's and so that's the part for me that was really frustrating to see after a lot of the media coverage came out is i did stand in that mcdonald's for a couple hours and oftentimes i was that bearer of bad news for people just because i was standing there in like a in the intermental rss shirt and people would come in with a hungry for apple shirt on or something and i'd be like oh hey uh, you know, just so you know, they're, they're out of sauce. Like it's and they're like, Oh really? And then I talked to them for a little bit and then they're like, all right, well, you know, Oh, well too bad. Thanks yeah. for, thanks for letting me know. So I didn't spend two hours waiting here. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but you know, and a lot of people that I couldn't count the number of people that came in looking for the Szechuan sauce were told that there wasn't going to be any for them turning and, and leaving the restaurant not buying anything from a business standpoint. Yeah. McDonald's threw so much money away in doing that. And and I understand that maybe there was this intention to create false publicity over the whole thing and be like, Hey, we're going to have a very limited run so that you get all those pictures of, of fans lined up around a McDonald's store. And you're going to get all, if they had just had plenty of it on hand, you wouldn't have those images available. You would just have, a bunch of happy Rick and Morty fans that finally got their chance to taste the sauce. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but instead they made a big, you know, media blitz out of it and it got coverage all over the place. And unfortunately it did give an opportunity for some, some toxic fans to kind of, uh, shine a, shine a bad light on, on some of the fandom. But really that's, I, I would say from our experience with this podcast, there are a lot of Rick and Morty fans that are genuinely awesome people. And we, are very happy to be part of this community and uh, and hopefully we can move past this and everybody will get to try the sauce in the winter because McDonald's has said they will have it out nationwide and in a bunch of stores and everybody will try it and everyone will form their own opinions. And then hopefully, (laughs) hopefully at that point we can put this whole thing to bed and it will be the official end of season three. We'll just sit there with our Szechuan sauce, watching the Christmas special and together and, and just it'll be done. Yeah, it'll be done. It's like it's like I think Justin Roiland said this in a tweet. It may have been him, uh, but he says there's lots of. Uh, I'm I'm paraphrasing here. There's lots of really good Rick and Morty fans out there, and I choose to focus on on those ones. And and Absolutely. and I agree with that sentiment. And we want this to be positive. And so we're gonna talk about all the cool people. All the cool people. All the cool guys. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, anyway. Whatever. So I don't know. If if you want to hear whatever. all the dirty details and see some pictures from uh, my trip to McDonald's on Saturday, head over to uh, the blog section on empatheticenthusiasm.com. That's enough of sauce. Can can we can we be done with sauce now? Can, can, can we, we can we be can done we with the sauce? Can we officially like 
cancel any other sauce topics from from the rest of these podcasts. <laughs> I think uh, I think our our slate of of sauce based topics are it's it's done. We're we're good for now. All right. Uh, with that in mind, I think it's time to finally move into uh, the the main thing for this week. Uh, Brandon, it's it's the main thing. Main thing. Oops, I messed up the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It was it was loose. I was, I was trying. I was it. trying to do like a Ventura Highway America feel. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's not a feel. Like I was trying to do Ventura Highway, and I yeah, pretty much spot on. Perfect. Uh, All right. So uh, obviously no new episode this week. We've we've talked for a while that we're going to try and do some sort of season recap with this episode. Uh, There are so many things that we could talk about, uh, but I think one of the best ways to move forward is to look at the main characters from the show, the Smith family, and, and sort of see where they started at the beginning of the season and where they've ended up and what kind of changes they've gone through. Uh, is that, does that work for you, Brandon? Yeah, that, that works perfectly for me. While you're talking, I'm, I'm picking, I'm, I'm pulling up our, our quick, our cheat sheet. Yes. The, the sheet of cheating. Uh, all right. And, and so I think we will start with one of the titular characters from the show, <laughs> Morty Smith, uh, who, who started, who started the season off, uh, sort of, sort of, uh, over Rick and, and he, as Rick had, had left the family and gone to jail that first episode. He, he wasn't really, he was kind of tired of, of Rick's antics and he wasn't the one who was, who was eager to see Rick come back. Right. Right. And in, in going through the season, you just, you know, there, there, there's like vindicators is, is an example pickle Rick of, of him just being like, uh, you know, whatever, like I'm, I'm done with this. Um, like this is just all bullshit and I'm I'm tired of it. Uh when he when he's yelling at his, his mom about not uh calling Rick for the 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 shrinking ray or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh you uh, know, it's just like him like just him getting confidence in a in a weird sense where like like I I know I'm better than than what Rick has made me out to be uh before with just the blocking his uh tracking rays. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a, a season where, uh, if you look back at the first couple of seasons, Morty was sort of kept as that uh, incapable character mm-hmm. that that was sort of reliant on Rick to to get anything done, and and when he got into certain situations, um, he he wasn't always the most confident. But Morty has really stepped up this season, and his his willingness to take certain challenges on by himself that, that you talked about that shrink ray thing. And like, he just, he really completely owned that. And, and he was the one that, that figured out the machine and was able to sort of solve everybody's problems on his side of the, uh, the storyline there. Uh, and, and along with Morty C-137, we also see that this is a big season for Morty's in general with the Rick Lantis mix up. We, we get evil Morty back and we see that Morty has taken over the Citadel and potentially we could have uh, a big change for, for all Ricks moving forward. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting stuff for Rick. 
I'm sorry, not for Rick, for Morty. For Morty, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and those, uh, the, those episodes show, the ones that don't focus on uh, purely C-137 Morty, uh, like um, Rest in Ricklaxation, where it shows the toxic Morty, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The toxins are removed from Morty. You catch glimpses of, uh, in with Rick Lannis mix-up, of course, you get glimpses of competent Mortys and what competent Mortys are capable of. With no toxins, Morty is absolutely capable of succeeding as a 14-year-old in the business world, right? Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, buy, sell, buy, sell. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> Sorry. The, the, wolf, the wolf of Wall Street over there. <laughs> and then, and of course, he be, uh, a competent Morty can become president and really just get that fascism going on all over the place in the city. Yeah, it's, it's really e- interesting to see where Morty is at the end of the season where almost the entire episode revolves around Rick trying to impress uh, Morty or try to do something to kind of cement his Morty's like appreciation of Rick and him trying to get the selfie with the president and things like that. Mm -hmm. And Morty just really isn't that concerned with it. He's, he's sort of distracted and he's, he's focused on Minecraft for most of the episode uh, but he's he's at the end. He's like, you know what? Rick is kind of out of control right now. And I'm the one that's going to go and take my family. And we're going to go hide out in a cabin. Maybe he didn't make the perfect choice of where to hide out. But he has definitely stepped up uh, this season as being a, being an individual who's capable of of getting things done. And, and I'm interested to see how that will play out in further seasons. If, if Morty sort of reverts back into some of those old ways, or if we see a new sort of relationship between Rick and Morty on future adventures. Right. Yeah. And I, I think we saw some of that relationship change, uh, in the, in the, in the last episode, uh, I have a specific point, but I'll, I'll save it for when we talk about Rick, which is conveniently located after that we talk about the other character. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're going to bookend it. We're going to bookend bu- it with the, bookend. With the we're, two, we're going to bring it back. Biggies. Yes, that's right. Full circle. Uh, so with that in mind, let's talk about a character who was noticeably absent for the majority of the season, and that is the father in the family. That's Jerry. Uh, a lot of people, I, I mean, I talk to a lot of people about Rick and Morty these days. Uh, even though people don't, wouldn't want to be around Jerry in real life, a lot of people missed Jerry during this season. Uh, what, what did you think? Were you... Were you did you did you feel like you didn't get enough Jerry, or were you were you fine with your Jerry levels going through season three? <laughs> um, I think that uh, I think it was good not having Jerry as much in there. Uh, I I did I did miss him, but here's what uh, I think it's good because it allowed us to really kind of focus on how awful Rick actually is as as, yeah. as a character. Mm-hmm. The previous seasons. Yeah. You know, you had you had Jerry around so we can call him a dumbass and be like, <laughs> let's laugh at the idiot. Right. He's, he was a, he was a punching bag even more so than Morty was. Yeah. He was, he was the ultimate Morty in a lot of ways. And, and, and once you get rid of that punching bag, then then all you then all you can see, you could actually you have time to look at the who's who's doing the punching. And I think that's what we did with Rick this season is we saw him do terrible things for no reason. Uh, or well, for reasons sometimes um and and just highlighted to us the viewer 
you know, this isn't somebody we should be actually be rooting for a lot of times. It's not good. It's not good to uh, call yourself a Rick. Like you shouldn't want, that shouldn't be what you strive for. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think that it was interesting uh, that the, the season starts off with Jerry sort of at the height of his life where he's got a job, even though he doesn't fully understand maybe what he does for the Galactic Federation. He's, he's successful. He keeps coming home with medals. He's bringing those pills home to put on the table and, and very quickly uh, he ends up losing that and, and not just the job, but also his family. And we get, we get the divorce reveal at the end of that episode, which really uh, for my money has completely steered the, the course of the rest of the season, the, the focus on the divorce and, and just, I don't know when, when, when parents get divorced, you definitely see one of them more often than the other. That was, that was my experience. And so the fact that we only saw, you know, Jerry every other weekend. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally get that, <laughs> that, that happens with divorce. So, um, and, and now we're probably going to see Jerry more often that they've, that they've reconciled, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think Jerry had some significant development as a character. Uh, I thought the whirly Dirly conspiracy and, and him going and, and kind of talking with Rick and then just laying out some of their issues on the table and, and talking about them and Rick being very open and honest about how he feels Jerry preys on other people by being weak and helpless and, and forces people to sort of support him because he's whining and incapable. Uh, I thought, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, you know, you know, Taddy Mason. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And and that's 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 how it is in the very end, right? And that's, you know, um, by the end of the season, Jerry has gone from defeated, and he and he never he never really he's never really victorious. He stays defeated the yeah. the entire time. Yeah, but he at least like uh, I don't know where I, where I'm going with this, other than to say like he grew. But grew to understand that, yeah, he's he is he is helpless and he is this kind of uh, weak-willed person. But that that's he, who he is. He might be more self-aware of that fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if anything, um, and 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 spending you know an eternity in a wormhole merged with Rick, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure some some aspects of Rick maybe maybe brushed off on him. But ultimately, the the amount of growth wasn't that huge in in this season. He's he's trying to learn how to sign spin at home. By the time Beth comes in, and um, I don't know, there were some emotional moments with with Jerry and, and times where you, 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 they really drive home the fact that that Jerry does love Beth, and despite the fact that their relationship hasn't always been great. That is the one thing that I think Jerry, gen, Jerry genuinely cares about people, mm-hmm. even if he um, isn't the smartest guy on the show. Yeah. And I, I, I think that is a huge distinguishing factor between Rick and Jerry is the sense that, yeah, I mean, Jerry, Jerry's dumb and he's, he's racist, uh, but, but he's still, he's, he still cares. All that time I spent talk, te- te- teaching you about race, <laughs> he, he became racist. <laughs> He knows, in a sense, like in a sense, he knows what love is, right? Like that whole. Yeah, he he the, wants you to show me the whole scene with with him and Beth in his apartment, and he's just he's he's just this shy shy little kid that's never really grown up. This shy little incompetent kid that's never grown up. But 
you know, that's that's what's kind of endearing about him. And sure. uh, at least his emotions are genuine. Absolutely. I, I, I'm curious to see how they'll, how they'll move forward on the show. I don't know if they'll change Jerry too much, if, they'll, if they will ever get him a, a steady job or anything like that. But uh, a, lo- a lot of directions that they can go with Jerry uh, in season four. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Even, even though fall is upon us, it's time to talk about Summer. <laughs> uh, Summer Smith. Who... <laughs> that's, that's funny. Sorry. <laughs> My man. <laughs> <laughs> the drops. Uh, what, what did you think about Summer this season? Uh, I mean, it's, Summer is... I didn't, I'm, not a, I'm not a child of divorce, so I'm just going to throw this out there. As if someone who doesn't know what divorce is like, other than you know, must threat, be nice. Threat, <laughs> threatening my wife with it all the time. <laughs> Here's the paperwork. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, is that like I felt like the dark darkest series of our podcast, <laughs> Brandon? It, she, she was she was lashing out. That that's what that's what my impression of, of summer was the, the entire season with her. Like you know, to to heck with all of this. I'm gonna it's an extension of maybe like the turquoise conversation from season one where she's like, I'm, I don't need anybody to care about me. I'm going to be an adult soon. I'm going to do what I want to do. Rick Manson, the stone being the, the primary case for that with her running off with a wasteland warrior, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think it was very clear in that second episode, just how much summer was affected by the divorce. I think in the in the the season premiere, she is also terribly affected by Rick being gone, mm-hmm. and and I don't know if it's just sort of any breakage in that family structure uh, is is something that she's not comfortable with, but she she's desperate to have Rick back in that first episode, and then she gets Rick back, but then Jerry's gone, and while she plays it off like she's she doesn't really care about the divorce or things like that. She's clearly affected by it and clearly making decisions that are not necessarily healthy. Right. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. There, there, there are certain episodes throughout the rest of the season where she is doing things that, I don't know. I think any teenage girl may go through, whether that's uh, breaking up with her boyfriend and, and, and trying to, uh, deal with those emotions, yeah. but then not having uh, a parent at home who is available emotionally because Beth is going through her own breakup right now. Uh, and so she's just sort of wrestling with how to deal with that. And unfortunately she lives in a house with huh. crazy sci-fi things where she can grow her boobs. into a giant, <laughs> her <laughs> boobs and as well as the rest of her uh, and then ultimately turn herself inside out. Yeah, uh, I, I I had this other thought too about summer, and 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 I and I feel when we're talking about summer, there 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 wasn't a whole lot, I guess, necessarily to like talk about her growth necessarily. But I will mm-hmm. I will say that um, when um, is it ABC's of Beth, right? Where where Jerry has the the alien girlfriend. Yep. Um, where she. She's basically the adult in that situation. Her and Morty are the adult in that situation, talking to him in the car, where she gives him the advice, and Morty's he's like, "Well, are you gonna help me?" And Morty says, "She did." Um, it that you know some de- 
depending on who you are, you deal with, with stress and learning about situations and becoming better people differently. And I think that summer grows from adversity and she doesn't let it like crush her. She learns from it and then she's able to use that uh, to, to develop herself a little bit more so than, than Jerry can necessarily. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important to note about summer that while there are moments throughout the, the show where she is vulnerable, um, she also seems to be one of the, the, the sort of toughest characters on the show. And, and some of the things that she did in that wasteland on Rick Mancing the Stone were really badass things that she did. And there are moments throughout the the season where she is clearly the one that that doesn't need help from anyone. In Morty's Mindbender, she's the one that sort of comes in right. and fixes everything and resets, you know, the the situation. So there there are a lot of examples where Summer is the one that sort of has it all figured out and but then again, she's also a teenager that's just sort of finding that independence. And so she's, she's not always right a hundred percent of the time, Yeah. but I, I, I really would like to see, and it's something we didn't get a lot of in this season, but I would like to see summer on some more adventures and see her kind of get out there and really explore that aspect of, of who she is and, and see her in some other scenarios. Like yeah. That. Yeah. A, a shout out to uh, my friend, Co Snyder, who helped me, run the Rick and Morty podcast at amazing Hawaii comic-con. He, he posted on Twitter about um, not seeing buff summer. That was, that was a disappointment that we didn't see buff summer yeah, from, from the, the title sequence. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd like to see buff summer. Summer is badass in the, in the, in some of the comics. Uh, so absolutely hope to see more of yeah. her next year. Watch for it in the Christmas special next, next year coming, cool. coming this Christmas. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Uh, but, uh, but speaking of move, ba- badass, move. badass women in the world of Rick and Morty, uh, let's let's move on t- to Beth. So uh, she went through it this this season, huh? Yeah, yeah. We didn't we didn't get a whole lot of character development with Summer, but I feel like we got a mess of it with Beth. Uh, what would you what did you think about Beth's arc this season, Trav? Uh, I even though it was sometimes only provided in like a minute or even 30 seconds in an episode where we didn't get a whole lot of Beth in certain episodes. It was always consistent in seeing her and how she was dealing with the events of these 10 episodes, right? She is um, in that first episode, like really connected with Jerry. And and I didn't, I didn't fully even appreciate it. Uh, until I went back after watching the rest of the season, how much when the Federation is in charge and like Jerry's pretty successful, she's like, you know what? Like my dad's gone. He's left us again. I am fully committed to, to this family. And then as soon as Rick comes back, she's like, you know what? I'm sick of Jerry's crap. Uh, (laughs) He's out. And they, and they end up getting this divorce and it's, it's that divorce again drives uh, all of the character development, I think, for for everyone, and and we see that even though Beth seems perfectly fine with with getting the divorce initially, and it seems almost like something that Beth has been asking for for the for the last couple seasons, she really is affected by it and is is having trouble, you know, figuring out how to to be Beth on her own instead of being with someone that she's she's kind of been tied to for, for 17 years. Uh, there, there are times where she gets angry. There are times where she kind of freaks out and, 
build sculptures out of horse hooves. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but, but then there are also, it also frees up moments for her to really explore who she is as an individual and, and at, at, in the ABCs of Beth episode and even the, the finale, um, we, we kind of, we kind of get more of that and, and kind of learn who she has been in her past and, and potentially who, who she could be depending on her choices. Yeah. There, there's a, a huge difference between pickle Rick and Rick train and Morty date about, you know, how she, how she, how she sees the world. And a lot of that is, is through the ABCs of Beth when, uh, you know, she has a conversation with Dirk about intelligence and how that's just as bad, if not worse. Um, yeah. Uh, but with you know her and pickle Rick with her and Rick at the very end, like just like they've been their problems have been laid out in front of them that uh Susan Sarandon is tells them what their problem is, and they take that information in whereas Rick or whereas Morty and summer are in the back like yeah, this is good we can we could use this uh and we want to go back to therapy. Rick and Beth are in the front, like you want to go get a drink? Yeah, let's let's yeah. do that. Let's ignore. Let's completely blow off all of that <laughs> and and get right back into our our comfortable roles where we've been for for most of our lives. Because it because it's work, work, Jerry. You see yeah. me. You see me working here. You see me working. Uh, yeah, uh, which is a good throwback, by the way. And and I don't know. It's it, it's been something that's always existed in the show. Beth's. Uh, sort of obsession with Rick and her constantly seeking his approval. Um, but really in the ABCs of Beth, we, we see that, that she really is more like Rick than I think we've ever given her credit for. Mm -hmm. And she is really smart and she is capable of doing a lot more than she's sort of allowed herself to do in the past. And I don't know. It's, that we, t we talk about the whole clone thing and whether or not she goes off to explore that and, and le leaves the clone in her place or whether or not she stayed. Uh, I don't know. I, th I, I think that that decision, whatever decision she actually made, it does, it does trigger uh, a new story for Beth and, and maybe resolving the, the, the issues that she always fought with about the decision she'd made in her past. And, and now that she has a concrete decision to move forward, I don't know. We've asked for three weeks, whether or not she's a clone <laughs> I don't think she is. Um, there are people that have written us on Twitter and in emails using the same information that I've looked at for me to make my decision that she's not a clone and, and have pointed to that as being the reason why she is. And, uh, and I, th I think it's just good that the writers have left it open for, for interpretation. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, you, you and I have both watched Blade Runner this, this last weekend and the question always about replicants was there even in the original Blade Runner, um, and and I, I think it's I think it's an interesting question to leave people with, so they can think a little bit deeper. You know, if you're if you're given the information, then you kind of like okay, cool, thanks. I'll take this Wikipedia entry and then I'll just forget about it until I need uh, trivia night. Uh, but yeah, but if exactly. you leave if you leave a question open, that that leaves you to have to think about it and. Uh, the deeper questions by which um, something, 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 and answer questions. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's let's wrap up these character studies uh, with with the main man himself, Rick Sanchez, who who spends my man. The, <laughs> he, he he starts the season <laughs> in jail and uh, right. in a Shoney's actually so comfortable, so relaxing, so Shoney's, so Shoney's, uh, and 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 breaks out and then. Uh, 
crushes almost all of his enemies from the Galactic Federation to the Council of Ricks and even gets Jerry out of the way for what he says are going to be the darkest season of their adventures. And, uh, and he's pretty much got free reign to do what he wants in the house now. Beth is not going to fight with him because Beth wants that approval from him. And, uh, and in the end, it doesn't exactly work out the way that he planned. How did you feel about the, the process that Rick went through in this season? Well, the process he went through was just he, he won at the beginning. And I'm and I'm looking at I'm looking at all of these these episodes, and they're all episodes, really where he he never really has a conflict, right? Like he he's never really challenged by anything. I, I'm I'm like maybe the Rick Shank Redemption Pickle Rick. I, well, that whole thing, that whole is like he was never not in control of his pickle thing. <laughs> like aside aside from being dependent on rain. Uh, showing up so that he didn't dry out on the driveway. <laughs> yeah, like he he pretty much figured out everything else on his own. Yeah, and uh, he was just kind of like in in automatic or or automatic drive. What is the one where auto autopilot? Auto autopilot. <laughs> Jesus, Brandon. Okay, <laughs> yeah, like he was like on autopilot, and uh, he you know, he didn't. I wouldn't say he really experienced growth. And if anybody else around him was experiencing growth. You know, he might he might mention it to him, like with with Beth, with him mentioning that you know she, you know, uh, she's she's smart and like pointing that out to her, uh, or telling Jerry exactly what's wrong with Jerry. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't know I I don't I don't don't see any really growth. I only see I, a stag- I stagnation might, and regression. I think I might be with you on the fact that there wasn't maybe tremendous growth with Rick. Because he wasn't he wasn't challenged, like you said, and that and because he's not challenged, he doesn't have reason to grow. But what we did see, I think, is, which is maybe more telling, is some indicators of what's really making Rick tick in in, in the things that he is is motivated by. And while in the past we've really thought of Rick as sort of an uncaring, selfish individual who who doesn't necessarily care what anybody thinks and he's just going to do what's best for Rick. There have been several examples in this season where we see Rick doing things not for personal gain, but sort of to make Morty happy or, or maybe to make Beth happy or to try and try and reinforce, you know, his place in the family or, or, or make himself appear a certain way for everybody else. And so I, I would say that some of that behavior points to uh, potential insecurities maybe in Rick yeah. that, that aren't, aren't necessarily visible when you see a, a super confident uh, mad scientist, uh, but he's, he really is focused on, and, and I guess maybe if you bring up the toxic Rick episode, all those things that he wanted to separate from himself, uh, the things that he finds negative, some of those things were actually values or qualities that that most people would want to see in a person. So, you know, caring for Morty and, and those sorts of things, it, it, they really highlighted the fact that, that, that Rick is, is battling with that throughout the season. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with, with the insecurities part. Um, I, I want the, we're all, we're all separated is 
by saying that, um, though I, I agree with insecurities, I think that any perceived positive selfless act on, on his part, it all stems from insecurity and his needing to feel good about himself. Right. So absolutely. Vin- Vindicators three, you could make the case like, Oh yeah, he wants, he wants Morty to keep looking up to him. Uh, but also he just wants noob noob to be, be happy. <laughs> God damn. That's you right. know, you know, uh, that's right. Um, or, uh, in the Rick train Morty date. And I was talking, who, uh, sorry, I, we talked about it on Twitter briefly today, um, but it, you know why was Rick so for trying to get the the selfie for for Morty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. It, and, go go ahead. Well, I, and I think I'm I'm about to say what what you were building towards, which is between between that episode and even the in the Vindicators, there have been a couple times where Morty. Or, or Rick didn't necessarily feel like he was the person that Morty was looking up to. And, and he goes to great lengths to prove that, uh, that he can get the things that Morty wants and, and that he's the one that, that Morty should look up to. And, and he doesn't want these other people like presidents or sci-fi characters to, to kind of be the heroes in Morty's life. He, he wants uh, himself to be, to be that for Morty. That, I don't know. That, that, that's that that's not where I was going. No, but I, okay. that, I do agree with that point wholeheartedly uh that's a good point and thank you for bringing it up yeah i would i would have said that later but okay. you beat me to it and and so now all my talking points are gone no um what i was gonna say is you know the whole fight with the president is to me less about getting morty his selfie and more about rick asserting his dominance and saying you are not better than me and yeah okay we're gonna get morty his selfie but you, Mr. President, are not better than me. Vindicators, you're not better than me. Jerry, you're not better than me. Nobody is better than me. I'm a god. I'm Doctor Who in this sh- this bitch, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And that, and to me, again, that's what again that fight pointing is about. to that insecurity, right? Exactly. Like he he wants to be the best. Yes, exactly. Um, I I will say I, this is the point I wanted to make about about Rick, and and we could talk more about Rick here, but before I forget, uh, I I do think it's interesting. Um, and when I talk about stagnation. And kind of him winning in regression. There's, I don't know anywhere else in the series where where Rick is sitting down and he's taking interest in whatever Morty's doing, like legitimate interest in what Morty's doing. So the the yeah. Minecraft stuff, where it would be like Rick, like let's go on an adventure. Here's interdimensional television and doing all this other stuff. Instead, Rick's like, oh, what do you? Oh, you're do minecraft yeah i want to do i want to do minecraft too yeah. it's like him starting to love it him like <laughs> him wanting to do something that morty is doing yeah yeah that 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 is definitely a change and i don't know if i don't know if that's indicative of things to come or or some sort of shift in their relationship or you know because there are there are uh several occasions throughout the history of the show where they have just enjoyed kind of just hanging out together yeah um specifically the interdimensional cable episodes but um yeah i don't know maybe maybe this is is rick starting to see some of the value in what morty brings to the table and 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 finding some some common interests that start with morty yeah and don't necessarily start with rick or or because he wasn't challenged he was able to sit there and and not do anything not do anything yeah. productive with his time 
like play certainly, Minecraft. Certainly spending time playing Minecraft is, is <laughs> not necessarily productive. I've done a lot of it. Yes, we have. Uh, all right. That's, I want to I shift gears a little bit because we have a whole lot of other stuff to get to, and we're yeah. hitting about the one-hour mark in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so we did set aside a whole bunch of questions, and I think we can probably rapid-fire through several of these. Uh, the first thing that you have is what changed from the start of Season 3 and going into Season 4. Um, I mean, we talked about all the characters themselves. Obviously, at the start of Season 3, the uh, Federation was in charge on Earth, and you know the Citadel uh, had the Council in place. All of that is obviously gone. The Galactic Federation is pulled out. Also, um, the, the whole divorce arc has pretty much come and gone over the course of the season. Any, anything else that, that sort of stands out to you uh, going into season four? Yeah, I mean, the sure, the family dynamics are kind of go, they kind of went back to pre-season three levels. Um, but but I think things outside of the, the nuclear family scope have, have changed, right? The whole, the whole thing with the Citadel is huge and Phoenix person being somewhere out there with Tammy is, is still huge. Yeah, right. We certainly haven't forgot about them. <laughs> and, and so I, I think as far as what's changed from season three, going to season four, like they're back to being able to do these kind of like innocent one-off kind of adventure stories through, throughout the season four, but they can also do uh, like what Supernatural does, where they ha- they have like their one-off episodes, but they have some lore sprinkled into it, right? Yeah, I definitely think the fact that Amorty is in charge at the Citadel uh, has definitely, as as Ryan Ridley talked about in in, in the interview that we did with him, uh, he's he stepped into that that empty space that Rick created at the beginning of season three, and and has the potential, especially with C one thirty seven Rick not knowing that that is happening. He's, he's decided to separate himself from the Citadel and not pay attention to what's going on there. Uh, whatever that Morty is planning, he's doing it free from sort of the, the watching eye of our Rick. So yeah, uh, wherever he goes or whatever he does decide to do, uh, it's, there's a, there's potential that it's going to catch Rick off guard. Right. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Uh, Here's we we talked about clone. I don't know if we need to, to explore it anymore, but um, I'll just say I wrote down clone saga on there. But yeah, I I I, I don't know. I I didn't realize it was going to be such a um such a continuing talking point necessarily. Like I like it. It's like the the tail end. It's like the opposite of the Szechuan sauce stuff from the beginning of the season. Where like now. The clone thing that this big overarching question about whether or not people are clones is now like the talking point to continue on till season four uh, addresses it one way or the other. I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to be that big. How about you? Yeah, I I don't know. I think I think uh, the fans do grab certain things and gravitate towards them and and sort of build theories consistently around different aspects of the show. Uh, there was that big conversation on Twitter today uh, where people were talking about maybe. Maybe Rick was actually a clone the whole season. Maybe Beth, you know, maybe, and maybe clones are all, are all throughout the show. Uh, my, my personal thought on that is it, that devalues uh, the, the, every episode. If you find out, oh no, none of that was actually the characters that we thought they were. They were just, you know, clones or things like that. And, and that's definitely not something I think the writers are trying to do. 
uh, when they write these episodes, they want, you know, the things that these characters are going through to actually mean something to those characters. Uh, so in terms, in terms of Beth being a clone and moving forward, I think the writers could definitely never touch it again and, and always let it kind of hang there and maybe it would drive a few people crazy. But realistically, when, you, when you're talking about a show where your main characters have swapped dimensions at least twice and have sort of joined other families when it was convenient, um, I don't, I don't want to consider any character, I don't want to label them as interchangeable. But if you have a Beth that is a clone, but all of her memories are fundamentally the same and physically she is pretty much the same, then yeah, like she's pretty much still Beth and, and, and whatever decision was the result of her being that version of Beth is, is up for argument, but it, it doesn't really change who Beth is uh, in the show. And so I think you can still have the same sort of Beth. And then maybe in two seasons, you have the original Beth show back up and be like, yeah, that was a clone sucker. I've been, I've been flying around the, the galaxies and, um, and you could do, and you, and you kind of hold that in your pocket, but it, genuinely I like the idea that she's not a clone and that she just is, is, is making this change, uh, because she's finally made the choice for herself to stay. Yeah. And I think, I think all of us have at one point in time said to ourselves, I wish I was a different person or I wish I looked differently or I wish I acted differently or spoke differently or, you know, was more attractive or had a bigger penis you know, stuff yeah. like that. Had hair, you know, those sorts of things. You know, this, you know, we've all, we've all had that kind of existential crisis about ourselves. Like, who am I? You know, yeah, what, purely what, hypothetically. What am I on this, this world for? And, and I think that's, that's what you, t- that's what you can take from the whole Beth clone saga arc is like, you know, sometimes we just need to figure out what our priorities are and who we are. Um, and so that's, that's my, that's my thought on that. That's my thought. I dig it. I dig it. Thanks. Uh, Brandon, we, we didn't rank the entire season because frankly, that would just be too much work. Yeah. Uh, but we did, we did we, take we can't, the majority. We can't do 10 episodes, but by God, yeah. we can do six. We can do six. So what we decided to do is we t- decided to list our top three episodes and our bottom three episodes. Uh, I don't, I don't want to justify every choice that we made. Um, but we can, we can maybe talk about some of the differences that yeah, we had. Sure. Uh, we both listed the, uh, Rick Lantis mix up as our number one episode N- of the season. Numero uno. And I, I think that's pretty common across the board. If you look at, at ratings on different websites and things like that, everybody loved that episode. It's gotten, I think, I think it's got the highest rating of any episode in this, in the series so far. It's, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it again. I think it's the best episode of the series. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is rock solid, and and the fact that they were able to to bring Evil Morty back in such a a triumphant way mm-hmm. um, was was just really well done from from a writing standpoint and from an animation standpoint. the The episode is just rock solid all the way around. Uh, do you want to list our number two episode? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, the the number our number two we share the number two. The Rick Shank Redemption. Yeah, the the season premiere uh, that that caught us by surprise, but it was an epic episode. And I, I part of me wondered if it was just the fact that it came on as a surprise, and I watched it over and over again on the live stream, and 
and getting ready for, for doing a podcast about it. If that, that was the reason uh, that I liked it so much, but revisiting it, especially after seeing all the other episodes, uh, it holds up, man. Yeah, it, it does. I, I, I know it does. I mean, there's, uh, I was talking to someone yesterday about just the, the repeat watchings of Rick and Morty and why, and how, how that is part of what makes the show so good. And the Rick Shank redemption is absolutely one of those episodes that you can watch over and over and over again and just be like, yeah, still, still as good, still as good on the hundredth viewing as it is uh, on the, on the 700th. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about our our difference in opinion with number three. What yeah. was your number three episode this uh, season? So, so I chose Pickle Rick as my number three, and yours That's was right. uh, Morty's Mind Blowers. Ah. Which, um, what? Why? You know, like where? W- let me ask. Where? Where was Pickle Rick? Uh, it'd be in, in it'd probably before. It'd okay. probably before. Well, yeah. Um. And and realistically, uh, I like Pickle Rick. I I. It is it is a great episode, um, and I think you know I'm gonna get a ton of of you know weird responses on on social media now. How could you possibly put <laughs> Morty's mind blowers up that high? Yeah. Um. I like I like the sort of anthology type like or not anthology, but like just the the random clips sort of episodes in the series. And even though it wasn't an interdimensional cable episode, um just some of the things that were revealed between the characters. Like we talked earlier about Rick's insecurities, but they're really highlighted in that episode when, when he's willing to erase a memory from Morty's mind, just because he beat him in checkers or something like that. Like, like, like there it's, it's really hard to process all of the things that we learned about the characters in that episode because everything is happening so quickly. But I thought it was a very interesting episode. Uh, I love the way summer sort of concluded the whole thing. And, um, I don't know for me, I just, I really, I've watched that episode a couple of extra times and, and really just go back to it and, um, enjoy it. I like pickle Rick for, uh, the action sequences and things like that. I felt like some of the therapy stuff just didn't still didn't sit perfectly with me, but I don't know why, why did you feel like it was, uh, such a great episode? I, where it didn't sit well with you, it sat well with me because I like the therapy aspect of it. I, because uh, my wife, who who just she she opened the door and she's like, "Oh my God, you're recording right now." Uh, you know, her and I, we've gone we've gone through the counseling, and what Susan Sarandon says in that session about you know, it, like some people they just wanted adventure and and it's work, like it's it's boring, it's boring to you, yeah, and yeah. and it just it it's so it's so true, and the reason her and I are together still isn't because we're both extremely lazy and we don't want to look up a lawyer in the, the yellow pages, <laughs> which is why we're st- right. Well, I mean, it was originally why we're still together, but not now. Now we use no, the internet. No, now you put in the work. Google, Brandon. Google is readily available. No, yeah, it's not that like we, we, we put the work in and, and we worked on this relationship and that's why we still have it. And, and Rick is someone that it's a great episode to show he just that's not him and he he's selfish and he won't put in the work for anybody else unless he wants to do it i'm i'm going to be i'll be real honest with you brandon yeah and maybe it's the the hipster in me maybe it's the guy that that doesn't want uh to like everything that everybody else is liking but the 
the way the pickle Rick sort of memes kind of blew out of control and everybody <laughs> was making, Hey, I'm tickle Rick or I'm, you know, different putting Rick's face on everything else. But I, that aspect of the episode was not the most powerful thing. And, and, and you talk about those, the, the resolutions that came out of that therapy. And I do really appreciate those scenes. And I like a lot of what is said in there. So, I mean, I, I I do think it was a great episode, but maybe maybe just the fact that it that part of it wasn't what the major takeaway was for a lot of people. Yeah, um, I, and, and it just I, it. That, I think that's why that episode is so good to me, and that's why it's in my top three. Is because before the episode came out, people were like, "Oh, I'm I'm tickle me elbow Rick," and and all these other types of Ricks, and. <laughs> And people were expecting one thing, and then you know he's in the sewers, and he's he's being all badass with Jaguar and all that stuff. Uh, but the therapy stuff undercuts all of that. It's supposed to, and say, sure, you guys focused on that. That's great. You focused on how badass Rick is, but you have to know that he is extraordinarily damaged inside, and yeah. you should not yeah. be. You shouldn't be looking up to that. And, and yeah. so that's why I appreciate it as a whole. Uh, is is that it did un- undercut that the action of it absolutely uh do you want to do you want to quickly get into our bottom three uh yes just 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 just, just list them off what what were what were your bottom three uh the Rectorian morty date is number one of the my least favorite uh vindicators three is is there and the abc's of beth uh i am pretty close to you on there uh these are i i couldn't decide which one of these was my absolute like 10 out of 10 um but these are definitely my bottom three uh the the rick the rick morty day is in there vindicators three um and then also rick mancing the stone um which not to again i'm gonna sound like i'm I'm hedging myself here but (laughs) uh i did rewatch that episode in preparation for this one and and just some of some of what goes on in that episode i just i'm not it wasn't my favorite adventure for them to go on. And I know that a lot of it was highlighting the fact that they were all struggling with the immediate fallout of the divorce. Um, but I think, and, and that's real. That's, those are, those are real things that happen, but it just, for me, uh, go looking back on it, it just wasn't my absolute favorite of, of the, of the season. I, I, uh, side note, I think it's interesting that you said the fallout of the divorce and they were in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. That's right. Glad you picked up on that. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. So I just want to talk about, uh, I'll throw ABCs of Beth because that's the one that's different between us. Um, and I just, although it was, I think maybe it has to do a little bit with the clone stuff and that, okay. that brought highlighted all the, the clone conversation. But mm-hmm. I, I think also the, the fact that Beth was a sociopath when she was younger I think that was, I didn't, it didn't sit well with me. Like it didn't, it it didn't feel like a a natural twist. Like I didn't really see that coming throughout the entire series up to that point. It was just like, she she hasn't necessarily exhibited those characteristics prior to that episode. So it does feel a little bit like, like a forced history on her that, that we haven't seen evidence of necessarily in in other episodes exactly exactly right it 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 didn't it didn't feel earned up to that point in time i think is my issue with that um now 
Vindicators 3, you and I both agreed on that one, uh, directed by our, our friend Brian Newton. Uh, yep. Who, who, there's a top three. Written, yeah. by, written by friend of the podcast, uh, Ryan Ridley, <laughs> sort of. Uh, yeah, no, uh, well, no, Vindicators were written by Sarah Carbiner and... Um, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, and, he was just Erica tired Rosby. of... He, was, he said he was just tired of defending that episode because <laughs> uh, he thinks it's great. Uh, and, and honestly, it's, it is in my bottom three, but I... There are things I really liked in that episode, yeah. and uh, and not just Aloha Rick, um, <laughs> but there there were there just were some moments in there that I don't know I had to pick three I had to yeah I and and it just it just wasn't um, and maybe it was just part of the way that the story came together or like the the way the elements were presented. Obviously, we got noob noob in that episode. <laughs> um, I thought I thought so, sort of Rick's contraptions that he threw where it was able to throw together while blackout drunk. Um, all of that is, is really good classic Rick type stuff, but yeah, um, like I, I'd heard that, that it was like a, a classic Rick and Morty adventure and, uh, and I don't, I don't completely agree with that sentiment just personally, but I just, it, there, I, I laughed a lot during that episode and here's the, here's the thing. Sure. Like I laughed a lot during that episode, but I don't think it was one of the best of the season. Sure. And I had to pick three. And, and really, it's like it's like <laughs> picking it's picking your least least three favorite children, right? Like, right. you know, there's definitely three of them, but like, <laughs> it's it's still hard to to put names to the faces. Yeah, right? yeah, but but it but you know when you're when you're sitting there with your significant other and you look you look over at your ten kids, you're like. <laughs> Like two, like, we agree on two those of these. Two right? in the corner over there, like you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. And the other, the other, the second one of those kids, of course, is the Rick Tree and Morty date for us. And I'm actually, <laughs> I'm surprised. I guess I'm a little surprised that you you picked that. Why did you pick this episode in your bottom three? Uh, honestly, like I think I think maybe I was still coming off um, unfair expectations for a season finale. Uh, I I don't know the the sort of the the drive behind the episode and and the interaction with the president it just didn't feel supernatural to me like not supernatural but just like super <laughs> natural ultra uh yeah and i don't know like if it, it felt a little bit like it ended abruptly mm-hmm. uh and 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 obviously we know uh you know from a from the meta aspect outside the show that it wasn't supposed to be a finale i feel like if that was an episode that was just sort of part of the season i might appreciate it a little bit more and i don't know i just felt like the the resolution at the end was sort of forced in there to kind of just like get the family back together and show that rick is now not at the top of the family you know patriarchy he's he's sort of the afterthought in the family as they all sit around and enjoy sugar chicken. <laughs> uh, yeah, ab- absolutely agreed. It wasn't supposed to be a finale. Uh, and, and I, 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 I'm doing a sin in just comparing it to an older episode and having that affect my rating of it. But really the mm. Rick Lannis mix up could have been, and might well should have been the finale. And I think a lot of, a lot of people agree with that. I don't think you do, but it, it, it could have been a way to, uh, still get the same effect of sh- putting Rick in his place and still how somehow incorporate the, the Jerry stuff. I, I, yeah. And, and, and to defend my, my feelings of not having the Rick Lantis mix up as the finale. Cause everybody that I've talked to about it seems to think that that should have been the finale 
is that that episode really didn't deal with Rick and Morty. Uh, the And when I say Rick and Morty, I mean C-137. I mean the main characters that we follow episode to episode. They were, they were an afterthought in that episode. You could have cut the opening and closing scenes out and it wouldn't have had them in it at all. And, and all the things that we love about that episode are still there. So I think from a showrunner standpoint, like I don't, I don't know how comfortable I would be ending my season with characters that aren't core, like they aren't the main characters of the show. Yeah. So I, and, and maybe that's why the decision was made or not, or maybe they just didn't realize that the episode would be end up as great as it was when that, when they started planning everything out and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but it, uh, really that was sort of the top episode of the year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I, I agree with your sentiments and, and I, and I can see that perspective and I appreciate your perspective, Travis. That's why, yeah. I, that's why I co-host this with you. I, I appreciate you appreciating me. <laughs> uh, the next, th- the next bullet point you have is favorite episode of the season. Uh, can we talk any, do we, do we, do we want to say anything more about Tales from the Citadel or the Ricklantis mix up. Like it's out there. It's out there. You, if you if you want to hear our comments, go go check out the episode <laughs> where we cover the show in detail. Um, I am curious. You put what is our favorite podcast episode uh, of the season? Yeah. Uh, what what did you enjoy doing the most as a podcaster uh, in season three? Oh yeah yeah I I mean uh, it wasn't directly part of the season, but it was like it was, it was in that that little hay break the middle 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 of the road break between episodes that we that we interviewed Ryan Ridley like that was just as when you do a Rick and Morty podcast and you you get you know we got we have Brian on the show which is amazing and then you get one of the head writers of the show on there exec uh producer as well like that's that's just so freaking cool and it's in the middle of the season and he says things like granite, which is a slip up on his part and not a secret uh, joke for Morty's mind blowers. But it's just so cool being able to talk to him. And and when you are a fan of something, being able to, to speak to your idol or get some Szechuan sauce, I, I think that's I think that's so cool. And I'm, I was uh, it was an honor to have done that. Yeah, I, I, I'm still sort of. When I think back to it, I, I, I'm kind of in shock that Ryan Ridley even came on the podcast and, and hung out and, and spent so much time, you know, really just going through all aspects of the show and sort of his part in, in making that happen. So, yeah. 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 What, what, about you, what about you, Travo? Uh, I, you know, I, I think having the guests on the show has been a highlight for me. And uh, Brian, even though I missed Brian Newton coming on to the podcast the first time, uh, having him on after Morty's mind blowers uh, really was a highlight for me this season. Uh, not just getting to talk to him uh, and, and having him on the show and, and getting his insight, but like he was really open about all of the things that we didn't see in that episode and, and sort of showing us how, how the process changed throughout the development of the episode and, and certain jokes that, that they tried and, and that didn't make the final cut or the way things were changed. Um, some of my favorite bits from that episode, uh, you know, had been, had been drawn in a different way. The, um, the Beth's, the Sophie's choice element, right. Yeah. I, I highlighted that and how that was written out a lot longer with her going back and forth 
but then in the final cut they just like she immediately makes the decision <laughs> right and and the, and the joke pays off so well and so just kind of kind of getting that inside baseball sort of perspective and and having him on to to, to kind of walk us through that uh that that was just super awesome and I, and I appreciate him coming on the show as well yeah uh the 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 other question I, that i have was you know obviously we just got through season 3 we're considering this the end of whoa hey microphone hitter <laughs> i just i just punched my pop filter <laughs> um it, you know this is the first season of the podcast right and we're i, I don't know when we're going to take the hiatus uh, for the show but you know i have to I have to move to florida so i have to take a, have to take some kind of break probably um but you know we we did many episodes before the season started. So I wanted to ask Travis, what was your favorite non season three episode of season one of interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Marty podcast? <laughs> you know, it was, it was a super hard decision for me uh, in, in part because this season has been such a whirlwind and it's almost hard to remember the podcast before we were doing weekly episode recaps. Uh, but I decided to uh, choose the, the interdimensional TV face-off, um, mostly because those two episodes are two of my favorites from from the history of the show, and just the fact that we kind of got a chance to look at those episodes a little bit more in depth and talk about the things that we loved about those episodes and and why sort of those clips brought you into being a fan of the show, and then uh, in turn me finding out about the show. And so I don't know, I I, I really like. The fact that we got to go back and look at all that stuff. Okay, I I, I got you. Uh, that and yours yours is far more sentimental than than mine. <laughs> and 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 the other reason I picked that is because you picked the one I was going to pick. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> no, I I went I went and looked at it, and then I was going to type it in, and I saw you had already written it in your block on the Excel sheet. <laughs> no way. And really? So I picked it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I picked a different episode. <laughs> oh man. That's, 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 that's odd and creepy. Uh, just in time for Halloween. Um, yeah, mine, mine was, uh, episode 15, which is Rick Tendo Mortytainment system where we talked about Rick and Morty video games. And, Yay. and, uh, I just, I really like that episode because, you know, we're, we're talking about Rick and Morty and we talk, obviously the show is about Rick and Morty. And what it did was it allowed us to be creative, like be like basically like doing like fan fanfic for Rick and Morty, like for us to like get our creative chops out there and say like, oh, like, oh, let's brainstorm. Like if we were video game designers for a day, like what kind of things will we do with, with the show or for the show? And, and you know, it, it allowed us to be in Squanch Tendo maybe for a minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, offer still stands anytime you want to bring us on, <laughs> you know, maybe just to, just to, I don't know, testers, anything I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to help out on any future Rick and Morty video games. Squanch Tendo. I have my project manager professional certification. Look, you know, it's a, it's a six figure cert. <laughs> if you ever want, if you ever want me in to manage some projects, yeah, call uh, him up. Call him up. He's got nothing else going on right now. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I wanted to I want to do a quick plug for some of the music this season. Um, really, really great songs across the board. Uh, the ABCs of Beth had that great uh, sort of folky song <laughs> as they were as they were um, building a clone of of Tommy. 
Um, and then they actually had a song that hit like the, uh, the charts, the, the charts with, with the, the Terry flaps, those Toldy folds. Um, so, so again, really, really great music this season. Um, overall, yet while it was possibly the, the darkest season of their adventures, um, I really think that this, this season does hold up. They, they did step it up to a new level. And I personally do not feel as some do that this was a weaker season for the show. I, I do think the show is expanding and it's growing and, and I am excited to see where they go in season four. That's right. Let me, I just want to, I just want to talk, talk about this. <laughs> oh yeah. This, this song makes me so happy. And I played on my, my echo dot, uh, <laughs> in, in the, the kitchen and Chelsea just kind of like, uh, laughs at me. Uh, and also our, my friend, my friend Orzy, Ozzy over at, uh, at work, he he hates that song. He hates it in a good way, but I, everyone <laughs> hates, hates it in the best way possible. I, I take my phone over to his cubicle and just start playing it every once in a while. And he's like, "I hate uh, you, Brandon." Real yeah. quick before we finally close up this segment, um, are there any? Is there anything maybe we missed from season three, or are there episodes that you that you're really hoping to see in season four? Looking ahead, many many many. <laughs> years from now when season four is is upon us they can finally they can finally finish up that minecraft episode <laughs> uh, make it happen but but along those lines i think that they you know the the comics are, they have the pocket like you stole it um uh, pocket mortys uh in the comics right now and i think they could do an episode at least based off of that uh that would be some sort of like a tron like Maybe they go into a video game type yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah, that that, that like that's that. a good call. Or even like pulling some stuff uh, out of the intro with the like the Morty inside the department store, or <laughs> yeah. or Buff Summer. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing seeing them do some sort of like total riff on um like like Pixar type animation or uh, something. Uh-huh. And and even if it was just like a few scenes or something where they where they really kind of jack with the art style mm-hmm. in, in some cool way and, and do, and, and like they did with the, uh, not, not to put any pressure, pressure on, on Brian or anyone else working on the animation team. Um, but I think it would be cool if, if they do some sort of thing that, that even, even for a small segment, they could, they could explore some other styles in animation, uh, and, and, and in some way incorporate it into the flow of the show. Um, I think that that might be cool. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, all right, cool. Well, well, you have any other thoughts, Travo? Uh, it's been, it's been an awesome season, uh, from, from my heart and, and maybe a piece of Brandon's, uh, we, we genuinely thank everybody that's sort of taken this ride through the season with us. Uh, it feels like this is our final episode or something. It definitely <laughs> is not. And we have two more seasons of Rick and Morty just sitting on the shelves, literally sitting on the DVD shelves waiting right. for us to review those episodes. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and I'm looking forward to everything that we're going to do next, uh, on, on this podcast. Wholeheartedly agree. And, and along with that is still interacting with unity and getting your thoughts on, on, on things while we wait. I mean, we, we, we want, we have ideas for the show. Uh, we want to try to highlight some, some fan content. Uh, we know there's a lot of, of, of you out there that, that like drawing, uh, do some some uh, stop motion animation. Stop motion is that? Yeah, stop uh, motion. You, yeah, okay. You crushed it. Okay, you, you got your terminology right. <laughs> my, my my brain blanked. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, and, and you know Rick and Morty music, and we want to we want to talk to m- more folks, so uh, we want to to also incorporate that. But um, yeah, with that, yeah, I'm- well, let's 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 step from this side, and then we'll just officially say it's time for listener suggestions and short outs. That's that was my second. That's and what then, I was trying to do. And, and then and then we can and then we can go a little bit further with that. Uh, normally, we'd start off with with our with our patrons over on Patreon. Uh, we we thank you guys again so much for for your support of the show. And for those of you that are hanging out in Discord on a regular basis, uh, it's fun just kind of having that ongoing dialogue with you. Uh, sometimes I'm not in there as much as I, I wish I could be, but but it's great to kind of jump back in and see the discussions that are happening and chime in from time to time. Yeah, uh, and maybe play a game with a couple of you. I think they think some of you are, <laughs> have already talked about hitting me up to play some PUBG or something. So yeah, so hopefully we can do some of that. It's it's uh, it's, it's really it's really cool, and you get to see how really unimpressive we are. So yeah, yeah, you get the real <laughs> Travis and Brandon for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to some tweets. Uh, Daticus at Daticus is he's the guy that did that awesome like eight foot long fan art, and uh, and he's he's currently working on a GoFundMe to to get that professionally colored so that he can he can maybe release that or sell that. Um, and I hit my pop filter again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're talking about fan art and talking about creations and things like that. He's actually drawing us right now. Yeah. Uh, and he sent. He sent us a, a a sample of of me as a Rick and Morty character, and <laughs> it is it is freaking amazing. Uh, I cannot wait for him to share uh, his his interpretation of Brandon, and, and then hopefully get those out for for the rest of the world to see. No pressure, Daticus, but we uh, we are very excited to see the final result on those. And and if you do Rick and Morty fan art, or you know someone who is doing something really awesome and inspired from Rick and Morty. Uh, you know, send us an email, rickmortypodcast@gmail.com, or or hit us up, and and maybe we can we can feature that work on a future episode. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, we got a tweet from our friend Goran. Uh, he and he asked, "What does the RSS stand for?" And this is a really good question because I don't think we've ever actually established this on the show ever. It yeah, and it's it's. I I I'll admit I responded first with an extremely technical answer, and I think I was like between <laughs> meetings or super busy at work, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to ignore this tweet, but I I want to give him you know the real deal, what's going on, <laughs> uh, which is RSS is like a distribution system on the internet. If you have any sort of regularly updating web content, you can use RSS to. Uh, allow people to subscribe it. It is the backbone of podcasting. Unless unless you're on SoundCloud, uh, most people have developed an RSS feed to get their podcast out into the world. That, that's and right. So when we when we came up with, for the name of the show, we're like, hey, interdimensional cable is awesome, but what is like the ca- version of cable for podcasting? RSS feeds. RSS. Let's do interdimensional RSS. It just it just uh, fit. It just worked. It made perfect sense to the two of us who are very familiar with podcasts and how they work. Never really thought about the fact that <laughs> other people don't know what that means. Yeah, it it didn't did not occur to me until until the honestly the, even this question we're like, oh yeah, maybe people don't know what RSS is. As you know, yeah. people sometimes barely know what a podcast is. Um, yeah. So, anyways, our bad uh, international RSS, Whoops. the Sorry. unofficial Rick and Morty podcast uh, at. Ape Richman, a Pritchman. Uh, this is uh, I like I like this tweet. And uh, a Pritchman says snowflakes contain infinite geomat 
Giamat why am I saying trying to say Giovanni? Uh Giovanni Rabisi variations. Geometric variations, but are always made from water in its frozen phase, infinite but bounded. And I think this is a a a tweet referencing the infinite variations of Rick and Morty. I talked about it on last episode with um with Rick saying like there's you're all doing the same exact thing at this at this exact moment. Like you're not special. You're all doing this. Even you farting summer. And and the whole thing is like snowflakes are there's so many variations in there, but it's all tied together. So even though it's right. it's limited, it's infinite in its its configuration. Uh and and so I just I like that tweet. Yeah. That's all Travis. Sol- so- solid inspiration there. Uh email we did uh, you have you have zero emails in uh, in the show notes, but we actually got an email today, uh, so I'm going to rapidly try and pull that up. Uh, this is from Lydia, and uh, she says that she has been enjoying the podcast. Uh, was wondering what we thought about the last episode. Uh, I think we I think we've pretty much covered that uh, in detail both here and in the, in the previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but she didn't she didn't totally uh, love. Uh, love that that was a finale and, and she did think that the Rick Lantis mix up uh, would have been a better finale. So yeah, like I said, a lot of people, a lot of people going that way. This guy um, agrees. Do, do you, she asked if, if we think the Beth cloning stuff uh, will be resolved in the next season. Um, I don't know. Flip a coin. I, I think <laughs> they leave it hanging for a while. Like personally, that's, that's my opinion. I, I don't think they touch it for, for any time in the near future. I, yeah, you're, I'm going to flip the, the same coin and I'll probably get a different result. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there, there's your answer. Yeah. It could, it could go either way. And, uh, do I want to see it resolved? No, personally, I don't. I, yeah, I, I mean, unless it's, I, I don't, because if they say it's not one way or the other, then it's like, I don't know. It's kind of capitulating a little bit or like i don't know i don't know uh it could it could happen or it could happen could not whatever <laughs> whatever travis <laughs> um oh uh yeah i don't know the, the, finally she she asked if uh if we think we'll get any more history on rick's backstory or like young beth episodes things like that i i definitely think that as the series goes on into you know 100 years of rick and morty uh, th- I'm sure they'll explore Rick's backstory some more. They're really only giving us glimpses and, and taste yeah. of it for now, but I don't think there's going to be like some huge Epic story. That's just all about teen Rick and sort of like, you know, that sort of stuff. I think, th- I think it's always going to come in bits and pieces as we learn more and more. Right. Little by little. Uh, I, I, I want to change things up and I want to do a throwback to last week's episode. Travis, I want to ask you a question. Uh, what's your favorite line from Rick and Morty? I want you. I want you. I want uh, you to give a little more feeling. Let's get the F out of H. No, <laughs> I, I, I do feel bad for 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 half-assing this 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 response uh, as 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 we did. Um, but I th- I think I did I did have a good answer last time, and now I can't think of it. I mean, um, I I was if you had asked me this question, I was going to joke with your response. <laughs> Oh, and then I was okay. gonna let you joke with my response, but uh, you, so go ahead, go ahead and ask me the question. Ask me, ask me the question. So, Brandon, what what is your favorite 
uh, quote from the series. Well, I can tell you definitively, my favorite quote is the Brazilians line. <laughs> <laughs> that That's yeah, the one that's my yeah. favorite of all time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the one where they say, uh, you know, nobody exists on purpose <laughs> and uh, and let's go watch TV. And there, and there you go. There you have our <laughs> legitimate answers to your question. Sorry, it took us a week to to, to get them out there, but you know, uh, you did, again, again, this is. I, I just want to. I just want to be clear here that last week you sprung that question in the show notes without talking to me about it, and I wasn't prepared. <laughs> and then it's literally not even in the show notes this week. Nope. So you you're again setting me up for failure, Brandon. That, that's right. No, I mean we already answered the question. Yours is uh, nobody exists on purpose. Next, yeah, we're going to go it. with reviews next. <laughs> uh, this, this, one, uh, this one is a long one, so please bear with us. Um, and I, I like this. I like this one. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it all out. Have you read this one, Travis, yet? I'm, don't read, I'm reading it right now. Oh, okay. don't read it. Stop reading listen. it. I'll just, listen. just listen to me. It's by Maya Self. The review goes as such. Now operating under the full title, Interdimensional RSS, when is season four coming out? This podcast holds the distinction of being the only Ram fan content that's vocal tics and awkward stutters aren't a labored attempt to mimic the show's two main characters. Laugh along with the hosts as they read this review in a dual bid to acknowledge their fans and fill time as they wait for more semi-pertinent news. Look, I was trying to go meta with this one. I mean, you said to write a review, but my interest in helping you guys out for your genuinely entertaining content and my genuine distaste for metrics and social media shilling are at war here. I have to find some way to amuse myself while putting five gold stars on your work like you just wrote a five-paragraph essay on the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> that is that is a fantastic review. Kudos. <laughs> uh, very well done. And we uh, we, we appreciate uh, the... <laughs> that, that's not even loud enough. That one wasn't thank loud enough, Brandon. <laughs> that, that was awesome, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for that That thoughtful review on the show <laughs> yeah uh next up by summerist summer thanks guys for your funny conversations your love of rick and morty and great positive take on season three i thought it was awesome and i love that you guys did too please keep the podcast going in the off season i'd listen to everyone love the special guests too yeah thanks. so if any special guests want to come on the show you know <laughs> hit us up we our calendar's pretty open right now uh we did get a miscellaneous two-star review so thank you to whoever provided, yeah. you know, that constructive criticism without highlighting any specific problems. Thank you. Maybe maybe they didn't like our uh, genuine vocal tics and stuff. Genuine vocal tics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and we did and we did get a uh, review on over on Stitcher by that Vault Hunter, which I think is a Borderlands reference. Maybe great game. I hope a Borderlands three comes out. Uh, I'm a fan of podcasts and a huge fan of Rick and Morty. I was looking for a Rick and Morty podcast and lo and behold, this was the first I came across. I started episode zero a couple days ago and I've already listened to a good chunk of the episodes. Kind of bummed you. I didn't catch it as it was coming out, but I am working my way to the current episode. You guys do a good job with this podcast. It's pretty cool hearing the podcast evolve and I can't wait to get to the later episodes and get caught up. Keep up the good work. Side note, Apparently, the two podcasts I listen to have no option to rate or review, so I found my way to Stitcher, thanks to you, so that I can rate and review for you guys. Again, keep up the good work, and I look forward to catching up on the podcast and hearing new episodes. Yay! Yay! Uh, thank you, thank you, Vault Hunter, for your review. Thank and you. And terribly <laughs> sorry. I don't like soundboards. <laughs> it's so cheesy to me, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, you'll, you'll get the feel of it. I, I just love that I was pushing it. 
for so long and you're the one that's actually making it happen so <laughs> so way to go way to go brandon uh, uh yeah no i i'm sorry if uh if your podcatcher that you use does not have a rating or review system uh but there's a simple way to get around that head over to uh, apple podcasts formerly known as itunes and leave a review there you don't have to download your your shows from there just just go leave a review uh and it will definitely help other folks to find the show and 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 keep us relevant over on apple podcasts um i don't between all the comments and the and the and the the fan coordination the, the the community that we have built even though this has been a week where the toxicity of the rick and morty fandom has been highlighted uh, it is a genuine pleasure for for both Brandon and myself to get to do this podcast and and communicate with the fans and and just kind of hang out with Unity, and uh, in, in, in all of your different shapes and forms. So uh, yeah, I, I I'm excited to keep going. I I don't think we have an episode next week for mm-hmm. interdimensional. I don't RSS. I don't We're, think we do. Sorry everyone. So I I apologize for that right now. If if you if you find yourself next weekend. Uh, struggling to to get by without the sultry sounds of so of our voices, <laughs> then you can listen to us ramble along over on apathetic enthusiasm, and then in two weeks we will we'll try to have something up and ready for you guys uh, to to sort of fill that gap in the Rick and Morty off season with with some additional content. So uh, until then, uh, thank you so much for listening. What is now almost a two hour podcast? Yeah, two hour podcast. And, <laughs> <laughs> and and until next week, I'm Travis. And I am Brandon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.